Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the None Other Fuck You Mentality. Because what the fuck else would you be listening to if you clicked on this podcast? No shit. <laughs> uh, today, lo and behold, can you guys guess? Um, I have another guest on here who I met from guess where? The fucking internet. Um, <laughs> we were kind of new. We're new homies. Yeah. She, um, we met through actually K18, a common love of K18. We've kind of like created this relationship just literally solely through social media. So this is yet again, another reason why you need to get your ass on social media if you aren't already, but I'm going to stop talking. Uh, who the hell are you? What are we doing? What's going on? And who, what's, what's going on? What's, what's go, what's words are hard. Hello. It's Monday. Who are you? Monday. We're snuggly. What up here, daddy? It's a, it's a Sarah, Sarah Lynn. Sometimes I'm known as custom color queen um on the socials and i'm in uh franklin tennessee and we're just gonna chat it up oh awesome great thank you it was a great <laughs> podcast episode thank you everyone so much for listening <laughs> um so it says here you are a wife a mother a stylist you are literally you wear all the hats you do all the things um, yes you love lived in color if you could talk about like what how'd you get started in the industry i love asking this question because i feel like everyone's answer is really really really, really different yeah, really different and probably really, really long. I feel like when I've listened to them in the past, it's like, it's not a simple answer, never with any of us, right? Because we're all yeah. such chit chatters. But um, I, so I'm 37 and I went to college and I did call I didn't get like a PhD, but I went to college for a really long time. <laughs> and uh, I ended up graduating and working in the corporate world and I come from like a corporate family as I call it. And so when I got out of school, I'm like, I just don't enjoy what I do. And everything I've always done has been in a creative manner, but I just didn't enjoy it. And I just always kind of came back to hair, which wasn't an option for me out of high school. I, it was something my parents didn't approve of and didn't really see for me. And at the time I agreed. And so I went to college, graduated, worked full time as an event planner. And I was like, this is not the life I want. And my husband was like, fuck it. Why don't you go to hair school? You've wanted to do it. Why don't you do it? And I'm like, oh, I'm 26. I'm be like the old lady in the class. And I was, <laughs> but uh, all the other ones were like fresh out of high school, but I think it put a good perspective on it. And I think it gave me a, a different hustle. And uh, I came out and it was before I had kids. I worked in two salons and now I'm a solo suite owner. And I think like you, I, I never say never, but I'm really happy in the space that I'm in, in the the you know day-to-day schedule that I am able to do because I'm on my own you know um so you're the second person I've met that has gone from corporate to then entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um that I find okay this is coming from somebody who's never worked in the corporate world so I'm yeah very ignorant towards it yeah Uh, what what is that like like what (laughs) How do you go from like strict rules and yeah. that, this is just how I, as an outsider, strict rules, like management, like, right. Right. <laughs> so, like, Oh, I could go so deep into this because like, okay. So I know, I know you have ADHD. I have ADD. I think today in today's modern world, there's not a difference anymore between them. I think literally the only difference or I claim, I think clinically, you know, clinically, the only difference is like the fidgeting versus not the fidgeting kind of thing, I guess. But for me, I lean on the side of wanting structure or more structure because 
I don't take medication, it helps me to feel like I'm more in tune with like my disabilities and things. Like I feel like I can control for lack of a better word. I feel like I can control things and I can control my day to day and I can keep myself focused when I'm more structured. So I think it all stems from me not doing medication and me going through like tutoring and training to help me be more of a scheduler and a planner. Um, And then I did the school thing and I came out and I did event planning for a while. And then I did went to hair school and worked in a summit-based salon. Do you know what a summit-based salon is? No, I was going to ask you, that was one of my questions. What the hell is a summit-based salon? So I, and it might've evolved since then, but I think it's, it's L'Oreal specific and it used, I went to like a Redken premier school and I love my school. There's nothing wrong with it. It, um, but you're very much like, you can only use Redken products, Redken Purell, L'Oreal umbrella products now, which is a lot bigger now than it was when I went to school. But, um, they, it's a level system. It's a promotional system. So to me coming from a corporate world, I was like, this is amazing. Um, which I still think it is for beginners. It's, um, like you come out and you're an assistant, right. Or like an associate. Cause we don't want to call them assistants. We're going to call them associates and you're being an associate. That's that program is however long. Usually it's like anywhere from six months to 18 months. And then you go onto the floor and you start as a level one and you're level one. You have goals where it's like, I need to see, and it's been a while since I've done this, but so it's like, I need to see 60 guests a month. This much percentage needs to be returning clients. This much percentage needs to be new, new requests. There's like six or seven different goals. That's like retail, all these different things. So I do think it makes you very disciplined. Um, a lot of it is, is based around Michael Cole as well, which I don't know if you know who he is, but he's, he's like almost like a motivational speaker to per se in, in the hair world and that side of the hair world. Um, and just kind of teaches salon atmosphere, that kind of thing. And so I worked in a salon that's very large here, has a lot of stylists went through the program. And then when you achieve these goals three months in a row, you then jump to level two. When you jump to level two, your prices go up and then your goals get higher and then so on and so forth. And it goes all the way to like four a or four double a, um, and that means you have assistants or associates when you do that. Right. So, and you can come in an educator and then depending on the salon, you can be granted the access to invest, become a shareholder in the salon. Mm. So it's kind of like that to me, at least that has like a promotional aspect to it, like a corporate aspect to it. So I was like, this is awesome. Like, and, and it's a really good way to build your clientele truly, because if you, you're either driven by it and you bust your ass to make it to the next level or you don't give a shit. And you're like, I'll just park at level one and I'll just hang, you know, like it's just who, however you want to be. Of course they're going to, they're going to try to get you to motivate to, to be growing in the levels. But, um, I don't know. It's an interesting to me, I guess, more structured corporate side of hair. So both the salons I worked at before I was, um, on my own were summit based salons. Um, and there's pros and cons, I think, to both. You know, you can't use anything outside of Redken L'Oreal. So you're just kind of pigeonholed. And there's great products and things within that. But I think as you get older, and especially with social media, you get more exposure to all these other brands. And you're just like, God, I want to try all this other stuff. Like, seemingly, as far as I know, if I were to be at any of those salons, I wouldn't be able to use K18. Right. So, you know, it's stuff like that that kind of started making me feel like, 
I'd outgrown it for okay. sure. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I kind of want to circle back and talk about like, the ADD, ADHD thing, like the structure yeah. thing. So, um, just to share a little bit of like my history, yeah. my journey was not structured at all. And a lot of people ask me like, how do you live the life that you do? Like you have a lot of brands, you do a lot of this, like you're, you're, I do a lot of things. And it's really funny that you say like the structure thing and it yeah. is hundred percent our disorder, 1085%. Right. I am so aware of how I function. I do not work without structure, but it yeah. also comes from self-discipline. So I love the fact that you're not medicated, but you're aware and yeah. you know, okay, I need X, Y, Z in order for me to be successful. And right. that is something that I wish that our industry would talk a lot more about of because like personally, um, I just left a salon that was, is really similar to a summit salon. I don't know what that's what it was called. And I was the lead educator. I was the one that was doing all the education and whatnot. And I hated the design. I absolutely, I thought it didn't work. It was, but it also, there wasn't structure within that design. So mm -hmm. that's where it fell through. Um, so I find it really, I totally lost my train of thought. Fuck! ADD. Ah! ADD. <laughs> I find it but really, I, think, really, I find with, it interesting that we both are super creative and we have like this ADHD, the ADD thing, but we know we're so aware that we have to have structure. Okay, there we go. I, I got it back. We're good. We're good. Everything's good, everyone. I found the thought. Um, <laughs> we'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. No, oh, we're keeping it in, baby. What do you mean? Um, those that are coming into the industry, like I feel like a lot of people look at us and they're like, oh, like they everything put together. Da -da -da -da. How do they do it? Oh, baby, it's called self-discipline. Right. And it's, and it's not always 100%. No. <laughs> at no. all. No. When the, when the train derails, it derails. Yes. And it's normal. Yeah. yeah. But it's also very, very important that you are aware. Yeah. And that I'm diagnosed ADHD. You're diagnosed ADD. We are aware of these things. And it is important to know these things. So that way, when you do derail, you're able to be like, you know what? It's okay. I'm just having a moment. Right. And give, give myself time, give myself some space and get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally climbing out of a derailment right now because then sucked into all that. And I don't know that, I don't know if, if you deal with this, but like, I feel like it's associated with my ADD and ADHD is like the anxiety and depression is like that all. Once I start feeling like I'm losing control, cause I'm very, like very controlling when it comes to like my own life. Once I feel like I'm losing control at a certain point, I just, it's like the things that are overwhelming me, I should feel motivated to do them. But fuck it, I'm so overwhelmed by them. I'm going to like put them over here and stare at them and ignore them and let them fester. And then I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> I'm just going to like chill for a few days and know that it's there and know that it's like driving me crazy and then just come back to it when I feel like I have the mental capacity. So I want to challenge you with something because um, I just recently kind of learned about this and it's helped me a lot with with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um in moments that we exhibit this like lack of motivation or like anxiety and depression about our like day-to-day -day tasks, mm -hmm. that's when those day-to-day -day tasks actually don't work for us anymore. And we have to change our routine. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at it as this thing of like, fuck, I have to get this done. It's more of, okay, I can't get it done right now because I don't have the mental capacity. That's okay. I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. And times where you can't get things done 
are literally times of growth. You have outgrown that habit and that routine. Yeah. It sounds fucking crazy. No, I heard you talk about this the other day. It was either on it was either on your podcast or on a TikTok. I heard you say it. It was like it's so crazy. It makes sense, kind of a thing, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I used to be able to work out at 6 a.m. every single morning and I was on a strict fucking routine and I loved it, but I can't do it anymore. And I don't, and I beat myself up for a while and I was like, fuck, I can't, like, what is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you either. You've mm-hmm. outgrown the, the habit that you've created. And that is yeah. literally associated with A, growth and B, ADHD and ADD. Yeah. Yeah. Outgrow, you outgrow these habits. But what's unfortunate is a lot of uh, like a lot of society kind of looks at us and says, oh, well, you're just going to be a nobody. You're going to be a deadbeat because you can't. Right. Get things done. That's the thing I hate about it, the ADD thing and the hairstylist thing is I feel like we have this stigma of just being like flaky. And I'd be like, I am the least flakiest motherfucker on the planet. I just like when I need my mental time out, I can't be. I, it's not that I can't be present. Like you don't want me to be present because I'm not going to be nice or like, I'm not going to be able to give, I'm going to be disappointed in myself because I'm not going to be able to give you the full, what I know I can give you kind of a thing. And like, ha- honestly, when I, I've been with my husband now for, well, dating and married, we've been together for like 16 years. And when we first started dating, like my OCD, ADD, all that was so like high strung and I probably should have been medicated at the time, but I wasn't. And like, it all just kind of fed off of each other. And oddly enough, and I think it can go in my experience of people that I've known, I think it can go both ways. Oddly enough, having kids has chilled me out so much, like so, so much. Now in the meantime, I made my husband very OCD. So, (laughs) so now, uh, I'll be like, dude, don't worry about it. And he's like, you made me this way. <laughs> like, I, you gotta like, chill. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'm I'm petting my dog right now. That's who keeps I know. Me. I figured that was what's going on. <laughs> my dog's up in his kennel because he's still, he's not even two yet. He's, he's a hyper ass dog. Yeah. I feel like this lovely guy has helped me chill out a ton because he helps me with creating schedule and us with ADD and being aware of ADD. Yes. We know we are control freaks mm-hmm. and we're not flakes. It's not that we're flakes. Exactly. Okay. But being able to kind of like shift the control to something else that does actually need more consistent control than maybe things that we might used to do mm-hmm. helps a ton. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm sure like having kids, like you said, giving them the routine and being strict with them is only yeah. going to make them really, really good people in life. For sure. And like, honestly, I've always said that like when I I was like the first one out of my group of friends to have kids and I, and it's like the generic like advi- advice of what can you, what kind of advice can you give? I'm like, my kids thrive on structure and routine and I don't let my kids sleep in the same bed with me. <laughs> Those are my two, two points of, two points of advice. <laughs> so I never, uh, yeah. So it's, a. Uh, it's interesting to navigate. And I think, yeah, as you get older and as we get more experienced in the business and I mean, when I first started social media, wasn't even a thing and it's, it's, I mean, I haven't even been in it that long, you know, not compared to other people. So it's ever evolving as, as a lot of things are, of course, but it's, um, it's intimidating, but it's exciting. And it's also just interesting to see how it, how it grows. And it's so funny that you say, I mean, I know, I always think everybody's like the same age as me. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're just talking to somebody in the interview and, and where people are in their lives and like how much like success you already have at your age. It's like, 
I just think everybody's the same age as me. And then I also got like a later start. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. And then it's like, I talked to you and I talked to my friend, Charlie and Charlie's nine years younger than me. And I'm like, wait, what does that say about me? Or what does that say about you guys? I always tell Charlie, I'm like, does that mean you're really mature or that I'm immature or both? No, it means neither. <laughs> it means that we're both just, who cares about age? You know, it's all about how you just live, navigate life. Um, you may be thinking of something though, because um, I think of children, like children aren't brought into this world having structure and like having all these things. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about being a parent is that you are able to, basically dictate that's a terrible word but well yeah like how these children can be raised and it's literally up to us as parents to Mm -hmm. be able to navigate that for them um and I feel like it's so hard to explain this to stylists that it's exactly the same concept Mm -hmm. your career can be however your little heart desires yeah nothing to do with societal standards or like what society wants you to do or et cetera, et cetera. And as two, you know, two individuals that you have children and I don't, I'm still able to relate to you in the sense of like, I crave the the structure and, and whatnot. And I'm sure that translates into your career and that translates into my career. Um, I lost the point with this, this conversation again, but um, point of this is for younger cells to kind of listen to this. And as someone who, a got started later in the game and B does have children and, you know, is a living a very different life than me. We're still able to kind of like navigate our careers in the same capacity, just because of, we have the same understanding about our career. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Well, and I think too, I appreciate like your, the, the new thing that you've started doing with on TikTok where like the, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing this again, round two of me doing my oh, own yeah. thing, my whatever, <clears throat> because I feel like and I respect it and I enjoy it, but I feel because I actually left my salon and went on my own in October of 19. And then we got shut down in March. And so I feel like I get looped in with that whole, like went on their own because of COVID thing. And I'm like, no, not, not at all, but it definitely probably led my solo career in a different direction than I think it would have. Like I don't double book anymore. I used to be a double booker, like things like that. And I like to tell people who ask for, you know, I've had different girls that I've known throughout my career say, Hey, I'm going to go on my own. Like, do you have any advice for this? Or like, what do you think's the best way to start this and that? And I'm like, I can tell you business-wise, like state-wise, these are the things you need to do like to get started. But in terms of structure, like you have to just, you can literally do whatever you want. So if you want to, if you wake up on a Monday and decide you don't want to go to work that day, you can text all your clients to tell me you want to go, but you're probably going to lose clients. You know, when I used to work at a salon, that was I mean, it was an option, like obviously people did it, but like, it felt like there were so many more people relying on me and so many more people that I would let down that I would never have dreamed of doing that, you know? And now it's not that I make a habit of it at all, but there's definitely been two occasions where I have either, I just haven't had the ability to do it. Like I haven't had the ability to be on, whether it's the clients that I had that day or me. And I'm just straightforward with them. I'm like, listen, I am having a really hard day today and it's been, I I get a guilt trip on myself to do that. I've done it twice. And it's like, wow, I can't believe I've done that. And then part of me is like with the ADD thing, I'm like, oh my God, if I do that and I feel like it's okay to do that, am I going to do it more? Am I going to make it a habit? Like, am I going to, is that something I'm going to pick up on? But I think just setting that schedule for yourself, but it's not, I mean, it's not easy. Like it's definitely harder than being in a commission salon 
but I wouldn't, I would, I mean, I'm, I'll say this 10 times over, like there's pros and cons to both, but where I'm at in my life, like I would not change it for the world. But like girls that I know on a personal level, when they've reached out and been like, Hey, I think about going solo on my own. It's like, I wouldn't say this to them, but in my mind, I want to be like, Ooh, uh, you're going to have to get your shit together. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so much more than just doing hair. It's so much more. I know. I kind of want to talk about that. Cause I, we're kind of like bebopping all over, all over different topics. And I love this, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, like I 1000% agree that commission works for some people and being solo works for some people. But the problem that I have with uh, the industry right now is it is so fucking amazing to be solo. So, yeah. Like, so amazing. Like, it is the best. Whatever you want. Yeah. It's sliced bread. You can make so much money. You can make so much money. And I'm like, who who the fuck is making that much money? I need to know. it's like. Who's the person that told you to come to your appointment with your hair dirty as hell? And who's the person that told you you can make a shit ton of money and that you're not being held accountable if you're on your own? I want to know who they are so I can like fuck them up. Yeah. I don't know like where the hell this narrative came from. Like, I don't know. Being a business owner, you make a lot of money. Who the fuck keeps lying? Yeah. Okay. This is a PSA to anybody who's listening. Being a business owner does not mean you will be rich. I promise you, you will. I promise you it is the exact opposite. No. No. And the girls that I know that are business owners and that work with brands, they hustle their asses off. Mm-hmm. Like I know a girl, she's not even in hair. She does her, she does um, home stuff like on Instagram. Childhood friend of mine he, and lives in Dallas, huge, like, you know, like daily deals, that kind of thing. And, you know, quote unquote, doesn't work outside of the home. Works legitimately more hours than I probably have anybody, anybody I know. Mm-hmm. Cause she's constantly doing stuff looking on her phone, looking for deals, put, making the things, like, whatever. Got two kids. I don't know how she does it, hustling her ass off. Now, seemingly, she can make her own schedule, yes, if she wants to check out, whatever. But, like, she can't do that. She's got followers, you know? It's just as more. It's just as much of accountability for yourself as it is for working in a commission salon. 100%. I think commission salons are fan-fucking-tastic if they have the right structure. Keyword, yeah. if they have the right structure. Yeah. Now, and when you're looking for a commission salon, there's a lot of things you want to look for. You know, you want to look for education. You want to look, you want to see how their structure is actually done. Are they men of their words? Like, are they actually upholding what they're, what they've been talking about? There's like yeah. a slew of things that definitely are enticing as a commission salon. Um, and one thing obviously to look forward, look for is don't let them 1099 you. You are a W2 employee. If you are a commission. Don't sign a non-compete. And also, don't sign a non-compete. I kind of wanted to talk about that. I have never signed a non-compete before in my life. Um, what does that like? What does that? What does that mean? What does it look like? Like, what I mean, that- again, to me, it it was my first salon out of school, and it came. It was like my my dad signs non-competes all the time. He's a he's a salesman. He he signs non-competes all the time. It meant nothing to me to do it. But what I didn't really compute is that it would put a chokehold on, like where I could work, which obviously that's what a non-compete is, but it depends on who does it. Like mine at the time was a four mile radius. Well, you think to yourself like, oh, I drive four miles down the road, like whatever. No, a four mile radius is so much different than just driving four miles down the road. It's so much bigger. And so it basically like, it was like all the salons that I would even consider working at were not, not an option for me. And at the time it was like not trendy to go on your own. Like they didn't have the solos. They didn't have the you know, whatever, all these little sweet style buildings. And so um, I actually, a company that my dad worked for 
that did marketing came to me and was like, we're interviewing for um, like lower level people in our company. If you want to come interview. And I was like, okay. And I mean, I think the thing about hairstylists too, is like, we can, we can get in a room and like, just, you know, do whatever we need to do. So like, I walked out of there with a job and it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. You know, did that for, for seeming, I didn't go do it just to live out my, or just to wait out my non-compete, but that's, that's what it ended up being. But yeah, I mean, the non-compete is basically like, you can't knowingly take your clients with you, like, like poach them. And you can't work at any salon establishment within a four mile radius of this salon. So for a year. Hold on. So you're telling me that you had to leave the industry for a year and go work a half-ass job just to be able to get out of this non-compete? Yes. And in my mind, I had had my son, but I hadn't had my daughter yet. And so I was like, you know what? This is better. Like at that time, I wasn't as, I wasn't, I hadn't grown my clientele like I did now. And I was working nights and weekends and all the schedule I didn't want to work. And I'm like... And I wasn't that busy. And and it, again, it was like social media wasn't a big thing. I literally made little envelopes with a brochure, a card, like all these like like mailers and went to the mall and passed them out. Okay. Passed them out. Like I hustled. I went to the mall in my downtown and be like, I don't have any clients today. I'm going to the mall. I'm going to like face to face with these like sales associates and these retail shops and be like, I'm Sarah. I'd love to do your hair. Like full on hustle. Okay. Yeah. Been there, done that. And it was like. Oh, now look at me. I lost my train of thought, but no, it's, it's, you're hustling. It it was a whole different mentality for sure. Like a whole different way of life completely. Like, I feel like an ancient person saying that, but it was. And so I waste, I don't want to say wasted, but yeah, I did a whole year of marketing thinking to myself, this is going to be a more sound schedule, a more like steady paycheck. I know exactly what I'm getting for my husband, my kid, whatever, but then ended up being because I am who I am where I'm staying late and I'm working and I'm doing the extra thing, get a promotion, get more money. Great. But you know, it's like, I'm just sucked right back in again. And I hate what I'm doing. And you could slowly start seeing me like, Oh, the work, the work attire is casual. I can wear a hat and yoga pants to to, like work. Sure. Like, Oh, I don't have to wear makeup. Like just slowly my soul was like dying off, you know, as I go, I mean, I love, I mean, right now you guys can't see me, but I've got like my frizzy hair we were talking about before I got on. I got no makeup on. I'm off today. Like that's another thing that comes with age, I think, and becoming more confident in yourself. But like, I just could feel the light inside me being like, I don't like this either. Mm. It was marketing for trucking. I mean, like I love it. And my dad comes from trucking and I love the, the, the soul of it in the sense of like, our country runs off of, you know, we need trekkers, we need drivers, we need all this thing. Yeah. So like, I get it and I get that side of it, but like, oh, I was so bored being on the phone and looking at a computer every day. was just like stabbed me in the eye. So this, bored. Is, this is so fucking interesting to me. The fact that you have worked on so many like corporate. I've lived jobs. another life. You've worked a lot of corporate jobs and you also are doing a super creative job. Like, how did you know that you were creative? That's I mean, I'm like, what? How the, like, yeah. I've never worked any, oh, I mean, I lied. I've been a bartender, but being a bartender in her dress was the same fucking thing. Well, in a bartender, you know what's, okay, I have to, we'll have to circle back to that. I don't want to get off of it, but I, I did a, a career analysis when I was at this corporate thing. I got to tell you that in a minute, okay. but we, growing up, we moved so much. And I mean, I feel like I had this mindset of like, you just do what you have to do for your family. I mean, to a certain extent, yes, but like, and not to say that like this was embedded in me, but my, my, um, 
my interpretation was you do what you have to do to get the money to make your family, whatever, survive all that kind of stuff. Even if that means you're not happy. And again, I don't want to say that that's necessarily what was taught to me, but that was my perception. And so to me, it was like, I just have to do what I have to do. But growing up with ADD and being in class and having these IEPs and having people tell me that I'm too much or, you know, not enough or whatever. And, and, uh, and going in and out of study halls and having kids like make fun, just all the things and then going to art class and feeling like I could draw whatever I wanted to. I was in mural club. I could do this and do that. I was in theater. And these are the places where I can be around people that I feel like are like-minded. I can express myself the way I want to. And literally nobody cares. Like they're not worried about me. They're not worried about what I'm doing. And in high school, I it's like I've always lived this I don't want to say split personality because both groups I've been a part of know exactly who I am, but it was like, you've been living two different lives. Like, yes, no, for sure. But like, I think that's where it comes from. Like, I mean, not a black sheep, but like my family is a hundred percent corporate. My brother and my dad are both in sales. My mom has worked in, uh, in doctor's offices her whole life. Like it's just, and, and was an accountant bookkeeper as we were kids. Like they, they are, they have, my mom is very creative, but like she never, she never went after it. And so I feel like she like put that, you know, she like buried it a little bit and I just kind of like attacked it head on. And so in high school, I was literally (laughs) head chewler. Okay. And then I was also in a ballet company. So I was doing that and I loved ballet. I did. That was the only thing that was consistent or like dance. It was the only thing that was consistent for me everywhere we lived. And then but I also was in theater and then I would go out as a theater kid. And then I would go outside of school at night and go to this like weird art drawing group where I was the only kid and it was all adults and we didn't have any like nude, you know, we didn't do like nude drawing. I wasn't until college that I did that, but we had, and we was like lifestyle drawing. Like it was just in this weird old house where we would learn how to draw and it was just separate from school and everything. So I just had all these different, outlets and different like groups of people that I could be exposed to. And I think that like going back to the bartending thing, yeah, that's not corporate and that's not hairstylist, but you're, it's still in the same like web of jobs. I feel like, cause you're being exposed to different people. You're talking to different people and you have to like, com- like hospitality, you have to communicate with those people and you have to be on, you know what I mean? I mean, there's not as much weight on it on bartending as there is hair, but you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta be there. You're a service provider. Um, can I be honest with you? Uh, sure. <laughs> you should talk about this more. Like on TikTok? Yeah. I don't even know how to approach that though. You know, just fucking like what you're doing right now, Sarah, yeah. I'm amazed right now. Like I would never look at you and think this. No, I know. I mean, when I started out on TikTok, it was really just what everybody else was doing, which is like the voiceover skit things and I'm good at it. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. And then as people start to branch off and you see them doing different things, I'm like, I don't really know what I want to talk about. I have been talking more about the anxiety and depression and how there are days that I just can't because I feel like, like I even posted one the other day that was like 10 minutes long. And at the end of it, I'm like, I'm hoping I'm hope I'm brave enough to keep this up. can't tell you how many of them I have in my private or in my drafts that I don't post because it's just like, sometimes it's just therapeutic for me to put them, to make them and not post them, you know? And so I'm definitely finding that balance because I think it's important for 
my kids to see that that's normal, but also it's like, I don't want them to think, I don't know. I don't want them to think that like not showing up is okay. And I don't, and as, as an eight-year-old and a four-year-old, almost four-year-old, it's like, it's hard for them. I think it's hard for them to differentiate just being lazy and being, you know, not being present. So it's like, I don't ever want them to think that's okay. So it's a hard, I don't know. It's a hard about, I mean, not that my kids have TikTok, but you know, it's out there forever kind of a thing. So I don't know. I I definitely have thought about it more. I'll have to, I'll have to try to navigate that. Do you feel like, um, just like kind of, I've just been listening to you, like kind of just gathering a lot of information here. Do you feel like your career and like the fact that you finally made that switch to being, Mm -hmm. to actually nurturing your creative friend? Do you feel like that that has helped you a lot with figuring out who you are? For sure. I think it's helped a branch of me, but I still come from a family. And I think, I mean, again, I don't want to like sound like an old lady, but like a generation where it's like you keep like, I remember in hair school, it was like, it was not okay to talk about your personal life, make it about the client. And I, and we definitely, I definitely don't like come in and be like, so this is what's going on with me. I mean, it's like, I leave it open if they ask kind of a thing. And I really honestly prefer like a silent appointment or a not chit chatty appointment. But I think I come from a a mentality in a, in a world where you keep your shit to yourself, you know? And so, but then I, but then I battle with myself in the sense that I'm like, I think that's what I needed is to know that there was somebody out there like me and. And, you know, somebody that kind of battled those two worlds and felt like they were an equal part of both. Um, and so it's definitely something. But also, I mean, as we've seen from this so far, I can I can just talk and talk and talk. And so when I make TikToks like that, like the other one the other day that I made that ended up being 10 minutes long, you know, it was like so hard for me to <laughs> to get that amount of information in that short amount of video. And I just feel like who wants to watch a video for that long? You know, it's just like mind numbing. So I don't know. I have to think about how I want to navigate that and how I want to get that going. I think uh, I think it is really interesting that that now you've started later in the game and mm-hmm. and you also are older. Mm-hmm. You are in a different generation and you do come from a generation that is very closed. Like yeah. it's very keep things to yourself and like mm-hmm. everything else is about everybody else and mm-hmm. whatever. But on a face, yeah. Uh-huh. But now you are kind of like opening and kind of all of branching into a little bit of like my generation that is not like that that is very like here are all of my fucking cards and then some you know um what what do you think about like how do I how do I how do I word this how is that like helped I feel like okay here we here we go I feel like personally you are like the perfect blend of the perfect career Mm-hmm. you have this experience that a lot of hairdressers don't have, which is mm-hmm. being a businesswoman or being business people. Like none of us, I, I say us, I know how, what it's like, but either way, most of us, majority of us don't know what it's like to be a business person. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the other side, which is like the younger side, which is like the super creative, artsy fartsy, what the fuck ever. But yeah. you have, you have like the corporate side. So the management side and then you also mm-hmm. have this creative side. I I just kind of had like an epiphany, like, holy shit, like you've kind of mastered all of it. Yeah, but then they battle with each other. Like in my old salon, so like then, I don't know if you've ever done the Enneagram thing and I want to do it again, but- I'm a three, one, four. 
So I know I'm wings, but I can never remember what wings I am. But I'm ma- I'm mainly a one, which for, really? the, for the creative side is not very no. common because I'm a perfectionist. I'm, but these are all things that like I think I see them more as like skills that I've honed. And I did this before I had my second kid, so I would want to do it again because I think it can change. Um, but. I definitely have stat or um clients who will kind of say that to me if they if they find out my past they're like oh that's why we love coming to you because it's like again we go back to the flighty thing like oh all hairstylists are flighty and I just want to be like I know it can seem that way or whatever but it's it's not always that way I mean it definitely can be but it's not always that way and and I know I have a lot of corporate people that come in the salon suite and they work while they're there and it's like I usually just put a podcast in they've got a phone call they're doing something it's like I don't, I think that somehow they feel like we have a commonality in that sense. And so they feel almost more comfortable coming to see me and and working while they're there if they need to. Um, But then it, but then when I've worked at salons in the past and it's like, even when I didn't even have any experience under my belt, I would, I would get, because I'm so creatively passionate, but then also have this mindset of how I think things should be done. It's like, in my mind, I'm like, this is bullshit you know, like, like type one Enneagram. We say that everybody's on the same level and everybody's being judged to say whatever, but not everybody's being held accountable. And at one of my salons, it was like, it worked in my favor because I was an upper level and I was an educator and I was, you know, all this kind of thing. It was like, I feel like I could come in. I mean, the dress code was all black at both of them, but it's like, I feel like I could come in and ripped up jeans that weren't, it wasn't allowed, but I could come in and ripped up jeans, but like the level one stylist walking through the door could never walk in and ripped up jeans. Nobody's going to say shit to me. You know, I didn't test that boundary, but it's like, that's where my mind goes with it. It's like, not everybody was held to the same standard. And even though I've, I've worked one place, I was the lower level, one place I was the upper level. And so I've seen both sides of it. But to me, it's like, I don't give a shit. I just want everybody to be held accountable the same, you know? And, and that honestly is my biggest downfall. Cause that can drive me crazy. If not, everybody is held to the same standards and held accountable consistently. It will take me to my grave. It will make me mad like manic mad mm-hmm. it's annoying i i feel you in okay so i feel you in that regard um so fucking wholeheartedly um i can't be i cannot be a part of management at all yeah. nope um i've tried and i i cannot fucking stand people that are not held accountable for their actions i don't give a fuck if you're the owner i don't give a fuck yeah. if you're the assistant all of you are all in the same playing field, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that is the number one issue with salons. Yes. Is that exact hierarchy. There's a stupid yeah. fucking hierarchy that everybody gets held to these different accountabilities. The bottom feeders get held to way more stuff. And the people sure. are held to like mediocre uh, accountability. Um, and that is like. It makes me so yeah. fucking crazy. I'm so yeah. glad you said that. Cause I well, and a perfect I, example of it is that my first one, and obviously they're doing something right. They, I mean, he's, they're very successful. I have a lot of respect for him and the fact that he is a business owner and he's, he's done something right. I mean, everybody has their own way of doing things, but like the first salon I worked at my biggest takeaway or one of my biggest takeaways was like the woman that I was an assistant for. I think she's amazing. She, she taught me so much on the business side of it. Cause I felt like I had, a good concept of the, of a balance of both, but I didn't think I had much more to learn on the business side. She, in terms of client facing, like sure. uh, hospitality wise, you know, and um, 
I remember she, when I was assisting her, she worked Saturdays. Well, the whole idea with summit is when you're a level one, you work three nights a week and one weekend or whatever, like at least like you got to work two to three nights and a weekend day. Well, this salon is open, was open seven days a week. And so Saturdays were obviously bumping, like banging. I remember when I was an assistant, a couple of her clients would literally be like, I don't even want to come get my hair done on Saturdays. It is so busy and loud and whatever in here. There was like over 30 stylists in there. It was so loud. And sometimes we'd have to like wait for a shampoo bowl and we had like nine shampoo bowls. And so it was just a lot. And I remember thinking to myself when I got on the floor, her clients don't even want to be here on a Saturday, but I'm working on a Sunday and there's fucking nobody in here. And I'm not building shit on a Sunday. Nobody wants to come get their hair on a Sunday, you know? And it's like, when I went to them and said, I really want to be in here on Saturdays, I can build my clientele better on Saturdays. And it's like, well, we don't have a chair for you on Saturdays. Okay. Well, there were three people that were upper level people that technically the advantage to being upper level is you don't have to work weekends. And so it's like, get them off Saturdays. Well, no, they've, they've been here for this long. They can do, they can do whatever they want. It's like, but the way it was presented to me when I interviewed is when you're new, this is your schedule. And when you are the, when you are been here for this long and you've gotten to this level, this is your schedule. But then when we get to that time, we can, we can just tell you whatever we want. But now looking back on it, I'm like, if I were to ever go back in a commission salon, I would only go back if I could just tell them exactly what schedule I want to work, <laughs> but it wouldn't be Saturdays. I tell you that much. I don't do Saturdays. I, mean, <laughs> no, I, mean, no. I think, um, the slot industry is so funny. Yeah. Like yeah. it. There's I don't just, envy the owners. I don't envy them at all. No, no. And it, it's funny because I, I do plan on expanding LG Studios to an academy because I used to own one in Delaware and I loved it. I loved the concept that I had. Yeah. But it was, it was not necessarily like that. It was just more of you train one-on-one with me and then you graduate out of that and you can start taking clients and et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of, yes. you kind of just get the best of both worlds. You, you kind of just, you can come and go as you please. However, like you do have a set amount of things you need to, to accomplish, but it really doesn't matter yeah. how you accomplish it. Um, would it be a training salon? Like you would have different chairs and they would stay there and they would absorb into one of your chairs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, but kind of giving them the best of both worlds, like giving yeah. them the structure of a summit salon, but also the, uh, the flexibility of being your own booth runner, being your own, making your own schedule. Um, and so once it, they it, phase out of being an assistant, they, th- then they're getting paid. Then they phase into a chair and they're renting. Uh, no, they can start off as commission and then they can slowly build out and then become a renter. Nice. Until up to them. But I think it might be what Meg does. Is that what Meg does? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of giving people like the, the ability to be able to do that, I think is really, really important. And I feel like that's yeah. where a lot of our industry is kind of heading. Yeah. A lot of pushback with summit salons that I'm seeing. Um, because it's because of that, like the accountability aspect, like people yes. are not actually enforcing the rules that they actually create. And that is what is creating this like terrible stigma about commission salons. Commission salons are not bad. It's just management in the, in the accountability aspect that needs to be, that needs to be definitely held, held to a standard. Right. Yeah. And I think with, um, with the assistant aspect of it, like I, I, you can, you can learn so much of what you cool ways to do hair, creative ways to do hair, what to do, what not to do, how you can, I think. Like I felt passionate about coming out of school at the age that I was and still feeling like I should do the assistant program because I was like, this will help me. It can't hurt. Like it's only going to help me grow. And then, (laughs) I mean, this sounds like 
a cocky way of saying something, but it's like, I was so good at being an assistant. Like I was so like mind meld with her, you know, like I could, I was such an extension of her that she didn't want to let me go. So yeah. I was her assistant for like 18 months. And I'm like, dude, I got I go. I got a kid. Like I got to go, you know? And it's like, well, but if you can find, I mean, I went through three trial assistants to like replace me and it was like, no, I don't like them. No, I don't like them. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's like, if you can get somebody who's older, ideally married on a different mindset than you, I'm like, this is not a resume that I think can be filled. Like <laughs> not to say I'm one in a million, but it's like in our industry, people who start later, you know, it's just not usually like a thing. And so I'm like, how, where am I going to find somebody like that? You know, but it can, I think it's, I do encourage people to do the assistant thing. I think it's a great thing. I think you can learn a lot um, from who, you know, what to do. No matter who you're assisting, I think you can learn a lot from them for sure. And yeah. it's really important to keep your eye, your mind open, your eyes open at any given time of your, of your career. Um, I walked away from being a business owner to wanting to be an assistant because I had, I have never been an assistant and I felt like I had so much to fucking learn. Yeah. Um, and I ended up not being an assistant, but it doesn't matter. I, I was willing to, there is so much, like so much to learn from other people um, that the moment that you think that you can't learn from other people, that's the moment that your career dies. For sure. And I think that's another thing about going solo is also keeping yourself accountable for education. Like I set a personal and a business goal every year. And it's not like, a, I want to make this much money. It's like, I want to focus on blondes this year. I want to focus on extensions. I want to focus on this. And then the personal thing is usually what I struggle at. It's mostly like, I want to set boundaries and I want to hold my boundaries or something like that. And with the, um, with classes, like that's the great thing about social media. Like I have a love hate relationship with social media. Mostly it's love, but the big, I think that's a big reason why people are able to go solo now is because there's so much, not even like education, like you pay for, you can go on TikTok and look up braided balayage and, you know, watch how to do that. And if, if you're, if you're good enough at picking it up through the little clips, then you can practice it and try it and see and, and continue your education that way, you know, or budget out and, and go do things that you feel like you want to do and pay for. But that's one of the advantages to a commission salon is you get most of the time you get education brought in, but it's the education they want you to have. It's the education they got points for. They're not even paying for or things like that. And so it's very focused. And again, you feel creatively like stale yeah, and stuck. So, and the thing with assistants too, that, cause I don't, you don't work with an assistant currently, right? I mean, you have in the past, but not right now. I am so terrified to get an assistant again because I feel like if they don't show up, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and it's not even like I double book anymore. But you know that like if you're working with an assistant, your time is going to go, let's say something that normally takes you four hours would take you two and a half or three. And so if you have scheduled out your day and they have, I mean, I get it, things come up, but they, you know, have a migraine or something happens and they can't come to work. So pissed. That reliancy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have to rely on somebody else. This is my business. You know what I mean? But in the same regard, I'm like, God, I got to get a fucking assistant. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm in the process of looking for one, but honestly, I want a personal assistant. I don't want a hair assistant right now. Yeah. I want to fucking help me manage my life. That's a good idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, call my fucking dentist, please. Like, call my OBGYN. Oh, my gosh. My blood test results. Read them to me. I don't give a shit. I don't want to deal that with that. Is that like an ADD thing, too, to not want to have to do those little meaningless? Because I literally have a list of four things today for my husband that all entail calling people and following up on shit. I don't want to do it. It just, it's not, if something is not enticing to me, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Like if it doesn't sound like if that thing is not going to like benefit me in a multitude of ways, like financially, spiritually, business, whatever, like, yeah. I, I no, Yeah. No. Like I my, my tire for my car has been fucked up since I moved here. I moved here a year and a half ago. Oh no, that really, that, that's, that's, that just made me, my, my chest get heavy. <laughs> Nessie, it's been fucked up for a year and a half. Okay. <laughs> That makes me, that makes me so nervous because then my mind is like, you know, what's going to happen. Then the alignment's going to get off. And then all, you know, it's like a, it's like a domino effect. But the fact that you can be chill about that, like that, that, but then like, I have a crack in my windshield that, what the fuck? and I, come on. Hey, you know, potato but potato. I, I, but, but you know, what's on Matt's list today to call safe life and get my, my windshield replaced. All right. All right. That's, that's fucking call them, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to do it. Have the husband do it. That's the reason yeah. why I have partners. Are you kidding me? That's why I have a. That's why I have Jason. Yeah, to pick up the balance well, to, help, to help you. It kind of sucks because we are kind of okay. He's way worse than I am, so it does kind of yeah. like <laughs> kind of butts out on that. But either way, um, Sarah, this has been a wonderful conversation. We've kind of been all over, kind of talking about everything. Um, I love that you come from a corporate setting. I think it's really awesome that you were able to kind of get that experience before you got into this industry. Uh, yeah. this industry definitely lacks structure and lacks, uh, manage managerial skills and just lacks like awareness about how to run a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who's listening to this, I hope that you understand that. Yes. You know, being your own business owner is incredible, but also being a part of a commission salon is also incredible. Um, yep. It's really important that you really need to sit down with yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what is it that I'm capable of? And be honest with yourself. And what are some things that you really want to work on? Um, I always tell people to go into anything with a list of of expectations for themselves and for the people that they want to do these things with. Yeah. Um, so if there's anything that you guys can grasp from this conversation, um, is it's it's Sarah kind of got into this industry with a different, with a different mindset. And she knew that that's the beautiful part about it is that she knew she was aware. She was aware of her ADD. She was aware of, you know, this um, experience of being a part of the the corporate world and was able to kind of take that and run with it. Do not Stevie wonder through life. It is so important to not keep your eyes closed and just kind of mosey through life. It's really important to just be aware of these things. Um, and that, that's kind of like my, my tangent, just to like kind of summarize what we've been kind of talking about is it's just, it's very, very important to sit down with yourself and really just understand what you want out of life, what you want for yourself and what you want for this fucking career. Um, but Sarah, if there's something that you could leave our listeners with a piece of advice or something that you, that's really stuck out to you over these years. Oh man, I knew you were going to ask this cause I listened and I forgot. Okay. I remember listening though and thinking to myself, okay, wait. My husband always says, I'm going to say it wrong. Um, oh, here we go. Lions do not concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it, I struggle with that, but especially in a social world now, in a social media world. But I think as long as I kind of can remind myself of that, then it helps me kind of get back grounded. 
That's the whole design behind the fuck you mentality. Shabam. It, it, I don't give a fuck about other people's opinions. I stopped giving a fuck. Yeah. The less fucks I give, the happier I am. Yeah. And to be honest with you, um, one of the big reasons why the fuck you mentality uh, was a finally born was I let go of the expectations that I have with myself with brands. Oh man. Yeah. I could have a whole nother podcast about that. I don't give a fuck if the brands don't like that. I have a, the fuck you mentality as a brand anymore. Yeah. I, I don't care if they don't like what I post. I don't care if they don't like my mouth. I don't care if they don't like the fact that I will post half naked shit online. I yeah. do not give a fuck about this is me. Take it or leave it. Yeah. The lion does not concern themselves with opinions of sheep. Yeah. If there's those sheep, they're they're outside our circle. Mm-hmm. Right now, these are two lions talking. These are these two people are on the and I, I truly do believe that everybody's on the same playing field, kind of to, to kind of touch base on what you're talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment that you decide to segregate yourself, that's on you. You yeah. are not sheep, and I don't give a fuck. Right. But if you look at me and you're like, hey, I might be 10 years older than you, but we're the same person. Mm-hmm. Let's be lines together. And yeah. there's something so beautiful about that, about uh, building community and building, building your herd of mm-hmm. your lions. So that mm-hmm. way, when the sheep come around, it doesn't matter. You have this right. beautiful herd of lions and these people that are on the same playing field as you, because we all are, um, to kind of keep you there and to keep you in perspective and to keep, to keep, to be a right hand man. Cause that's the whole point of building community, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Um, Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Out on uh, this glorious Monday. It's a little gloomy here in California. It's like overcast and it's been raining its fucking ass off and I'm over it. It's cold as shit here and sunny, but cold. So where do you, where do you live again? Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Um, guys, all of her information will be in the description below. If you guys want to go check her out, she's in Franklin, Tennessee. She's fucking amazing and she posts funny ass shit online. So you guys <laughs> And I'm gonna start posting more about my life. <laughs> start talking about all the things you talked about today because that really opened up my eyes. If you yes. want. Yes. Um all right, everyone. Thanks for fucking listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Listen later. I don't know. <laughs>